0: The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Normally, we talk about things that are locked and loaded, such as firearms, guns, whatever you want to call them, some sort of weapons. But here... This this weapon that I'm going to talk about now is not something that is locked and loaded. It is strictly, it's a tool. It's a tool every one of you probably uses every single day in some form or fashion. And apparently, this tool was used in Canada to kill 10 people and injure 18 more. So, you got to realize, it's not the guns that are killing people. It's the people that are killing people. They've been saying that for decades, and yet, still, some people just have a hard time believing that or understanding it. I'm not even sure which. But, uh, in in where is it? It's, it's Ottawa, Canada. All the weird names in Canada. Ottawa, the Canadian police are still hunting for a guy who's still at large, a 30-year-old man, after a mass stabbing in Canada that left 10 people dead and 18 people wounded. I mean... <laughs> He couldn't have done much better if he had a gun. Actually there's two of them. Actually there were two people involved in this and they went around stabbing people. So it just goes to show you people it's not the guns that are going to kill people. Now if somebody in can if Canada was a state that allowed people to carry weapons for their self-defense, maybe this guy wouldn't have got around to stabbing 28 people. Somebody would have stopped him before that. That would have been an ideal situation. You figure in an American mall or something that would allow people to carry, like the last guy who shot a, he shot one person and some guy put him down and that was it. No more mass shooting there, here. The mass stabbing went on for quite a while, apparently. It was in a little community, they call it an indigenous community. So I'm assuming some indigenous Canadian peoples, I don't know what they're called, Canadian Americans, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Indian, C- Canadians, I don't know. What, what are they called? The indigenous people there. Apparently, this little town 300 miles north of Montana had this mass stabbing occur. So, now in Canada, the gun laws, from what I understand, are extremely strict and getting stricter all the time. Last year, they actually called for every, almost every semi-automatic weapon to be handed in as dangerous to the public and from what I understand, they're still, track, they're still waiting on most of them to be handed. And even though the deadline has passed a couple of times. Now, one of the guys they found dead, one of the guys who committed the stabbing, I'm not going to say their names because it's not they're not worthy of it. But uh, it says that his death wasn't the result of self-inflicted wounds. So he didn't hold the knife to his throat and cut his throat. Well, he was threatened or anything. Now, they're still searching for this guy's brother who they believe suffered injuries and might be seeking medical help in order to keep himself from dying. But they've got three charges of first-degree murder, one count of attempted murder, one of the deadliest stabbing sprees in modern Canadian history. And this uh, thing is—it's going to go on for a while. So they've—they've they've got first-degree murder charges. Issued a warrant for his arrest, and they're looking for him now. So he's still at large. One of the stabbers is still out there, running around with his loaded knife, just waiting to—to to hurt somebody, kill somebody. And it's amazing because you wonder if these guys had had guns, they probably would have done a lot more damage, perhaps. But the thing about gunfire is, gunfire usually scares people away. Once you fire that first shot, people look around. They see with stabbings, you could be standing right next to somebody getting stabbed, and you wouldn't even know till, till they hit the ground, and then you're next. Boom. So that's an advantage to having a, a knife, I guess, is that mm, you don't really have to have the uh, as much discretion or uh, as much of a surprise angle. Just get them, isolate them, boom. Boom. But apparently this is just, this is. they don't know the motive. There's no motive determined here yet because they haven't caught the guy who's actually still alive. But this just goes to show, you know, in America we have, yeah, there's gun violence, there's knife violence, there's hammer violence, whatever. There is violence in every country in the world, and it's a problem. There are people who are intrinsically evil and will seek to do harm to other people without any remorse for the for what happened to them. So be careful, keep an eye out. Situational awareness will save your life every single time without hesitation. And if you have if you're in Canada and all you can carry is a knife, You may want to start carrying a a high-speed assault knife, if they're legal, that is. I don't know what the rules are. Now, the police did say that no infants or children were among those killed in the stabbing spree. This youngest victim was supposed to be in their early 20s. So, at least whoever this was wasn't, uh, you know, out to get just anybody, unless there just weren't any kids around for him to get. Who knows? But it just goes to show you. Laws can only stop so much. This was it's illegal to kill people, even in Canada. Even if it's with kindness. He can't kill people in Canada, can't kill people here, yet people will find a way to do it. And the only way to stop a killer is to kill him first. And I know people will whine and complain, Oh, we need more gun laws, we need more this laws, we need more now apparently we need more knife laws. So what qualifies as an assault knife? Is a butter knife and a salt knife, if used improperly, can you poke someone's eye out with a butter knife? Sure, you could. You might even be able to do it with a spoon. Should all silverware be banned? Are there going to be different levels of silverware? Do you have to get a permit to own silverware? <laughs> will you have to have a permit to use silverware in a restaurant? If you go to a steakhouse, if you don't have the permit, will you have to try and cut up your sirloin with a butter knife? Or perhaps with a spoon and a fork? Uh the possibilities are endless for the additional restrictions they could put on people after something like this happens. Because, you know, they're not going to blame the person. They're going to blame the weapon. And if they do blame the person, then they're smarter than they look. But the same thing should apply to gun violence as well. Blame the person. Don't blame the tool that was used. Because I doubt they're going to tell everybody in uh, in Canada that they cannot have any any knives anymore. Because that would be just, it'd be, it's just ridiculous, you know? You can't judge everybody based on the actions of so few. It's just, it's not a good way to do things. You know, you don't let the minority run. If you want a democracy, then you don't let the minority run the rules. But that's
2: what we're doing today.
1: <coughs> it does seem like that, doesn't it? It By seems leaps as if. And Yep. They're letting any noisy minority make the rules, and they're making rules to affect everybody, including the majority, based on the whiny complaining of a small, squeaky minority.
2: that, generally speaking, have no clue about what they're talking about.
1: Of course not. They usually have no life experience whatsoever. A lot of them are these much younger people who just don't know. They just get this idealistic uh, notion in their head that they know better than everybody else, people who've been around for decades – they're 20 years old, and they know better than everybody else because they've lived for 20 years. Yeah. yeah. They're not They're not even in the ballpark there. Have no idea. They've never paid taxes. They've never had a job that they've been able to support themselves. And with they the live with Mommy and Daddy. Probably in their Mommy and Daddy's basement, yes. And even if they don't live in the basement, they probably live in a place with three or four other people trying to make ends meet, and they're trying to tell everybody else how to spend their money, how to tax people, and how to take care of the country, when they barely know how to take care of themselves. But, you know, okay, so all you nice people out there, look out. They may be coming for you because you know the United States is probably going to look at this and decide, hey, what kind of control can we take over American citizens based on this? What kind of new laws can we get passed because of this? Because, you know, the politicians are always looking for a way to pass new laws to restrict people in new ways to make it harder for people to endure their freedoms. Now,
2: just look at what uh, Victor was talking about. Taking away gas-powered <laughs> Cars. automobiles.
1: I know, I thought, I, I think I sent him that article today about California. Um, what did they do? They passed a law saying that by 2035, all vehicles sold in California will, cannot be gas-powered. And then, on a the news report just a, a day or two later, Where did that go? I'm going to find there it is. Please, please. It said, Californians told not to charge electric cars just a few days after the gas car sales ban was passed because the grid can't take it. What... (laughs) This is just, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I'm not making this up. This is Newsweek magazine. They had it as California bans new gas car sales by 2035. Which states could be next? California's told not to charge their electric cars just days after this was passed.
2: Cause they'd cause a brownout.
1: Exactly. Well, they're already having those.
2: Yeah. It's insane. And they're going <coughs> to tell people everything's about control. They're going to tell you, please keep your thermostat at 78. They're not going to ask, please. They're going to say, you will keep your
1: thermostat, or we're going to cut you off. We actually, I think, I don't know if we talked about that here last time, but that, yeah, the, the, uh, all these thermostats that are controlled by Wi Fi, it's not going to be long until the government can get in there and just start taking control of those. (coughs) Sorry, folks. But yeah, if you've got Wi Fi thermostats in your house, Be aware. The government can probably take control of those. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, but when Florida had an issue, I think it was a hurricane was coming in or some big storm, and they unlocked the ability for people with Teslas to charge their cars to 100%. Normally, they're capped at 80%, but they sent out a signal and unlabeled all the electric cars they could to bump their charging up to 100% so they could effectively evacuate. The fact that they can control this on your vehicle or in your home is just—it's unbelievable.
2: I think there's a word for it, <coughs> or two words: communism, socialism, Big Brother.
1: Oh yeah, George Orwell was right.
2: Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, George Orwell—he was the first one to start. Well, not the first one. There have been other people who have preached against this for years, but <coughs> oh, excuse me. <coughs> <clears throat> but, uh yeah, the government's getting their finger in on your stuff. They're going to start. And with the Wi-Fi and computer controls of everything now, from lights to thermostats to, you know, th- climate controls, I mean, everything is going to be controlled by computers, by Wi-Fi. And granted, it is convenient. I'm sure millions of you have cameras at home hooked to your doorbells, have thermostats you can control on your phone. But all these things open you up to possible I guess external forces that can control these things for you when the government deems a crisis, quote unquote, is in the making and they need to take control of your thermostat or they need to take control of your car or your TV channels or whatever it is. Yeah, wait till they start restricting the news that you're allowed to see by restricting your, your streaming services. Because most people A lot of people still have, still have, just have streaming services now. They don't have any direct connection to any sort of entertainment other than over the air or through streaming. Now there's still cable in a lot of places, but it's, it's going away fast. Satellite, still, they can control that too. It's easy to knock out a satellite or control where it's going and don't think they won't think don't think they haven't made plans to to take this into effect don't think that they're not thinking they can take over their satellites and just you know do what they want
2: and what's one of the first things they want to take away
1: from you well your freedom to control anything your guns yeah, because yeah, if you don't have guns, then you can't fight back, and that makes it much easier to take even more, you know? <laughs> it's just like, you know, the bear that's coming after the rabbit is going to get a rabbit much easier than he is a porcupine. <laughs> that porcupine's going to stand there and go, you feeling froggy there, buddy? Come on, come at me, bro. Well, the bunny just has to run. That's all he can do is run. So if you give up your guns, you're becoming a bunny. Don't become a bunny. Keep your guns, buy more guns, buy more ammo. It looks like now is a good time to do this. The prices have kind of stabilized. All right, we're going to come back in a minute, and I'm going to get more into buying your first gun, your second gun, your 10th gun. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio.
0: Stacey Abrams says yes to defund the police as crime is on the rise in Georgia. This November, say no to Stacey Abrams and cast your vote for
3: Brian Kemp. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. Veteran-owned America's Web Radio endorses and supports Dr. Rich McCormick for Georgia's 6th District, U.S. House of Representatives. As a decorated marine helicopter pilot, and now an emergency room doctor who served on the front lines against COVID-19, Dr. Rich McCormick has never been afraid of a fight. Whether it's communist China abroad, or the radical left in America, Rich knows the next fight facing America is to stop socialism. He's all in. Vote for Rich McCormick.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Alright, and right before we left for the break, I was talking about getting that gun, getting that first gun, that second gun, whatever it's gonna take. You need to be able to be your own first responder. For you, your family, even if your neighbors, if you're friendly with them, get together, form a plan. If these, if these government hacks decide that they wanna go above and beyond, and come straight at us and decide to take all our rights away, how are you going to stop them? Now, I'm not advocating for this. I'm just saying also with criminals. You know, if criminals come to your neighborhood and they decide, you know what, we want better than we have, so we're going to take it from people who have more than we've got. There's that, too. But get out in November and vote. That's the easiest, fastest, most effective legal way to protect your rights and protect yourself. Vote for people who believe that you have the right to protect yourself. But anyway, if you're thinking about buying a gun, now would be a good time. The prices have stabilized. They've come down a decent a decent amount. Ammo is still a little high, but not as high as it was. It's way down. I saw what was it? Uh 9mm ammo at $320 a case. A few days ago and that seemed to be a pretty standard pricing now this was up at 500 a case not too long ago back in 2020 2021 so it's coming down it's still not at the 170 150 dollars a case it was back in uh 2019 early 2019 but it's coming down so you'll be able to get enough ammo to practice and the gun prices have kind of stabilized they're not sky high anymore so if you've thought about this Especially with the Democrats in office wanting to take over your thermostats, take over your cars, take over everything that's wirelessly controlled in your house. Now might be a good time to arm yourself. Because what if they decide to shut the lights off or shut your power off, your alarm system goes down. And the roving thugs are coming around going, oh, we know the power gets shut off in this neighborhood between, you know, 9 o'clock and 12 o'clock every single evening. We know none of these people are going to have burglar alarms or security lights able to function. So there you go. Consider that, too. If Even if you have security measures in place, will they function without power? If the government shuts the power to your security systems, to your house, will you be able to see people coming? Your cameras aren't going to work. You know, unless they have battery backups, it's, you know, you're you're putting your, your life in your hands by allowing the government to take control of the energy grids. And they want you to have more and more electric cars on the energy grids, but yet they want to provide you less and less power. It makes no sense whatsoever. But be aware, criminals will take advantage of this if they know houses and security systems running on power are unable to get the power they need. So don't let this happen to you. Or get a backup generator. And I would not get the solar backup generator because it won't work at night. You know, unless you have a lot of big batteries you're storing power with all day long, get a gasoline, diesel, propane-powered generator, any of those will work. In fact, they have generators that are considered tri-fuel now. They will run on propane, gasoline, or natural gas. So any of those, if you still have natural gas in your neighborhood or in your house, that's probably the easiest way to get a generator hooked into your system. Because the natural gas lines usually stay up in a lot of disasters, except, of course, maybe earthquakes or hurricanes. A lot of times they'll shut off the natural gas if there's any breaks in the lines. That's why I recommend a dual or tri-fuel system. Get something that will run on natural gas, propane, and regular gasoline. You should be good to go no matter what happens. But that's what it may come down to. Every house in America may have to have their own portable generator in order to have enough power to run their security systems. So there you go. So you're, they're cutting the power so you won't be able to charge your car, so you won't be able to run away from the from the thugs or the, the roving gangs. You're not going to have any power to run your alarm system, so that's not going to happen. So you're going to have to provide your own power. Again, another factor of being your own first responder. When the power goes out and the criminals are roaming around, you need to have a way to defend yourself. And you need to have a way to defend your property, your family, your pets, whatever. And the easiest, fastest way is with a gun, a weapon. A firearm, a firearm or a gun. Weapons, hmm, that's a little more broad term. You could use a crossbow if you wanted to, I guess. Effective, quiet, you know, kind of expensive for every shot. But, hey, he's not going to alert anybody as to what you're doing until it's too late. But right now, like I say, the prices are down. Ammo prices are coming down. It's getting easier and easier to find something reasonable. And, of course, once you get one, I cannot stress this enough. (coughs) Get yourself some training. There's no other way to become effective with a weapon than to get training. Start easy. Watch YouTube videos. Watch stuff that's going to help you learn what you need to do. Start with the basics. (coughs) (coughs) Start with the basics. Learn your grip. Learn your finger control. Learn how to hold the gun. Learn how to point the gun. Learn how to use the sights. All these you can watch videos, see how this is done properly, and you can practice in your own home without having to fire any rounds. Get the basics down first. You want a high grip on the back of a semi-automatic weapon, if that's what you're going to use. And you want it to be high so the recoil is straight back, doesn't provide, doesn't have too much time to put you off target. You want to have enough pressure all around the weapon to stabilize it and you want to keep your hands closed in the back of it if possible. If, you're, if your hands are big enough to close the gaps, that would be great. If they're not, keep in mind when that weapon recoils, it's going to come to where there is nothing, where, where it has no support. So if you close your hands around the weapon and you have a big gap between your palms, that's where the recoil is coming. It's coming where it's not supported. So little things like that will make a difference when you learn how to use your weapon. But you can practice grip. You can practice sight picture. You can practice drawing from a holster. All these things can be done at home without firing a single round. However, I can't stress this enough. You must clear the weapon. Make sure it is not loaded. And even though you know it's not loaded because you just checked it three times, try not to point it at anything you don't intend to shoot. Don't point it at people. Don't point it at your pets. Don't point it at your prize rose bush whatever you know be careful and try not to point in anything you don't intend to destroy and if you do dry fire which is fine most semi-automatic weapons these days actually become smoother and more reliable by dry firing because the parts are meant to withstand that if not get some snap caps snap caps are basically rounds of ammo that are loaded with a plastic bullet and have a primer made of a very resilient hard plastic to protect the firing pin from damage when it hits those. And a lot, most of the time they will feed through a standard magazine. Now you have to manually feed them. They're not going to cycle or anything like that. But you can use these to protect your weapon if you're using a weapon that doesn't react well to dry firing. Uh, rim fire weapons in particular do not react well to dry firing. So if you have a 22 rim fire, Try not to dry fire it, cause it's just, it stands a much better chance of damaging a firing pin. Unless you have something in there to absorb that shock. You can get a snap cap for it, or if you use an empty shell, but please, please make sure it is an empty shell. Make sure you do not mix any live ammo when you're doing any kind of drills at home, when you're not intending to shoot. Because a lot of skills can be learned just by handling a weapon. You don't actually have to fire it a lot of times to learn the basic skills. But then when you do go to the range and you do get that gun out there, you load that first mag, you'll see all the things you practiced, all the things that you worked on are going to come to fruition, and you're all of a sudden going to be much more skilled than you would have been had you not handled the gun, become familiar with it. Here's a drill I like to use. If you have a weapon you can dry fire, here's what I want you to do. Take a penny, lay it flat on the front sight. On the tail side, usually a little better, and it depends on the penny. The old ones with the Lincoln Memorial would balance fairly well. If you have a front sight that has a flat surface on it, I know most of the Glocks, the Smith & Wessons, most of the polymer semi-autos have a flat front sight. If you can balance the penny on the front sight and then pull the trigger and snap the trigger without knocking the penny off the front sight you've got pretty good stability. And it's going to be difficult. It's going to take several tries more than likely. But once you you can find a penny that balances or something that will balance on the front sight, if it's a flat surface front sight then you can... uh, You can practice this. And it's it's a fun drill because, you know, you dry fire, you have to be careful. You have to watch your finger trigger placement. You have to make sure you're not jerking the trigger at all. It has to be smooth. has to be steady. Now, ideally, you're going to do this with arms extended out as if you're on target, and you're going to snap that trigger and see if that penny stays put. Once you do it a few times... It's, it's amazing how much you learn by doing this. Cause all of a sudden, all your muscle memory and keeping everything steady, straight, and, and secured is gonna come to fruition every time you pull the trigger from that point forward. Cause it is very unforgiving of you making any kind of mistakes. So if, if your gun is capable of using the penny trick on the front sight, by all means, try it i think you'll really like it and if you master it you become a much better shot without ever having fired around just the fact that you can pull the trigger without knocking the penny off the front seat means you've got it to where you're not jerking it you're not yanking it to one side you're not uh that tr- you're getting even pressure on the trigger you're not pulling the gun left or right all these things are going to be super important when you get out there and start firing those live rounds So find some drills, get on the internet, do what you need to do to train yourself, because that is the most important thing. It's like anybody can have a sports car in the garage, but learning how to drive it is way more important than having it, because if you learn how to drive properly, you can drive any car better than somebody who doesn't know how to drive. Same thing with shooting. Learn how to shoot your weapon as well as you possibly can, then any other weapon you pick up will be that much easier for you to learn to shoot, because you already have the basics down. All right, I'm going to jump away for a minute. We're going to go to Florida. Where is this? Where is this? Uh, Indian River County School District will now have AR-15s, which school resource officers will have access to in the event of an attack. So they're going to put an AR-15 in every single school in the Indian River County School District. That is outstanding. There you go. You want to stop a, a mass shooter from coming into a school? threaten to shoot them back. <laughs> this is the very best security you can possibly have. Basically, this is going to keep somebody from having to run to their car to get their weapon or whatever and then try and get back into the school. If something were to happen during the school day, they'd have ready access to an Air 15 and be able to respond immediately. Now, of course, the school resource officers are normally I guess, I guess you call them security guards or police officers who are on duty. And uh it's just great, because, you know, what better way to meet violence in a school than with violence? You want to come in here and attack the kids? Give it a shot. But we're going to shoot right back. So you hopefully you won't get near as far as you thought you were going to get, and maybe you won't get far at all. Maybe they'll see you before you make the first shot. And this is what I think it's going to come down to. It's funny, because I guarantee most politicians send their kids to schools protected by guns. <coughs> And they don't want you to have guns in your schools to protect your kids. It's just its such an um, elitist outlook on things. But Florida's kicking back. They're going, nope, we're going to protect every single school in our district Is going to have access to a semi-automatic rifle that the school resource officer hopefully will get trained in using properly, efficiently, and effectively, because you know, air 15s are great weapons in, in the right hands. So, hopefully, they will train these people, they will get the training they need, they will get it done to where your child will be safer in an Indian River County school than it will almost anywhere else. Now, we're going to head over to Georgia from Florida. This is, uh, I don't know. Where to begin with this one? This is just a matter of stupid is as stupid does. I mean, fortunately, it didn't escalate to the point it could have. This could have gone horribly wrong. But apparently, I don't know how many of you know what an airsoft gun is. It fires a little plastic pellet. They're meant to look pretty realistic, although they usually have a red or orange tip or something like that to signify them as not real guns. But the rest of them look as real as anything else. So if you cover up the tip or you put a little dab of paint on it to cover it up, it'll look like a real weapon. But that's the idea. A lot of these things are used for training purposes to teach you how to handle weapons. But you know, most people would know, with airsoft guns, you don't go around shooting them at people because they look so real. If you're going to shoot airsoft guns at people, go to places where that's allowed. Go to these airsoft battle places. They have several of them around, I'm sure. Most cities probably have them. Or... You get permission from a place in a park or someone who has land to go play on their land. Go play with the airsoft guns. But apparently, three people were accused of shooting airsoft guns at innocent bystanders in Ackworth, Georgia. And these three people have now been arrested. Just says on August 23rd, says so a month or so ago, there was a report of a group driving around shooting people with airsoft guns. Now... I just, you know, you're sitting there looking, and I know a lot of you who know better are sitting there face palming right now going, oh, my God, why would somebody do that? So apparently they arrested three people. Well, two people and a 16-year-old boy were found in the car matching the description. The truth of the matter here is these people who are doing this are lucky, very lucky. I mean, if someone was driving by shooting at you, and you're a concealed carrier, you may very well have fired back with a gun that was not an airsoft gun. This is one of those knife to a gunfight things. Don't bring an airsoft gun if you're going to start a gunfight. Because all it would have taken is one person, the wrong person, to be pointed at, and somebody's got, you know, someone shoots back, and all of a sudden there's three dead people who never had anything more than an airsoft gun. And tragedy has befallen because stupidity has, has done them in. And for you people, uh, if there's any anti-gunners out there going, oh, you should look at the barrel, see how small it is, should pay attention. Make sure it doesn't have the orange tip on it. Yeah, well, when someone's pointing a weapon at you, you don't have time to go in there and get a pair of calipers and measure the barrel to make sure it's too small or too big or whatever it is. You protect your family. You become your own first responder. You do what you have to do <clears throat> to protect yourself, others, and your property. And it's, these guys are so lucky. And it's but lucky the police didn't get in there and, and shoot them. But apparently, it's, you know, it was just stupidity, pure and simple. Hopefully, this will not become widespread. People will not start doing this because otherwise, what's going to happen next? You start having restrictions on airsoft guns. You must be 18 to buy one. You must be 21 to buy one. <coughs> They'll be restricted to movie companies only, and and, and uh, regular citizens will not be allowed to own them. It's just, you know, don't cause stupid laws to be written by doing stupid things. You know, and I, I would have loved... It, well, I didn't say I'd love. That would be a bad thing to do, but... I would be really curious to see what would have happened had one of these, one or more of these morons been shot and killed. And who would have come to their defense saying, oh, they were just playing a game. They were just messing around. It wasn't a real gun. Yeah, but you don't know that. You had no idea when someone points something that looks like a real gun at you out of a window or drop moving car and you're walking down the street or you're in another vehicle. Yeah, I mean, this is just, this is just a matter of people not knowing the rules. If you have air, if you're, if you're gonna get your kids airsoft guns, take the time to teach them. They are toys, but through the, if someone perceives them the wrong way, they will perceive them as being real. And you do not want to be other, on the receiving end of a real gun when you're holding an airsoft gun. You will lose every single time. I guarantee you that. You know, you point your little BB gun at somebody and then someone pulls a real gun on you and shoots you in the head. Yeah, you're gonna lose every time. Not gonna, not gonna be funny, not gonna be good for you, your family. So don't do this. This is just dumb. But it happened. But at least the three people got arrested and thank goodness nobody got hurt other than getting stung by an airsoft pellet. Because it could have gone so horribly wrong. It could have gone the other way so quickly. Just unbelievable. All right, we're going to have to stop for a quick break. I will be right back after these messages. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio.
3: Stacey Abrams says yes to defund the police as crime is on the rise in Georgia. This November, say no to Stacey Abrams and cast your vote for Brian Kemp. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Now, I don't know how many of you know this, and it's something you should know. When you post something on the Internet, it is usually there forever. Even if you take it down, edit it, change the posting, delete your account, somebody somewhere has seen it, got a copy of it, or there's a record of it somewhere, and it will be kept around. So be aware of this when you do things. Post responsibly. Apparently, there's a company called Alien Gear Holsters, and um there was a shooting that took place, and apparently the um, perpetrator was shot at sixty nine times and hit forty five times. <laughs> so apparently they really, really wanted him dead. Now, the alien holster company has come out had come out and said they thought this was excessive force. But now, this guy was actively shooting at police officers when they shot him. So it wasn't like he was just, you know, waving around a broken bottle or had a knife in his hand or, you know, was waving around a teddy bear trying to clobber cops with it. He was actively shooting at the police when they shot at him. So, you know, I don't understand. And Alien Gear apparently said there was too much force. It was, uh, what did he say? It's never okay to shoot somebody 45 times. <laughs> well, if you run out of bullets, then what else are you going to do? If you have, you've already reloaded all you want. But apparently, and most people realize that when a officer is being shot at, they respond with extreme prejudice, with extreme force. And what they find out later after they they do kill this guy finally... Because they were shooting at him, and apparently the bullets were having no effect on him. He was not going down. He was still firing. He still had the gun in his hand. He wasn't giving up after they had hit him several times with several bullets. And they said they kept shooting and kept shooting until his gun hand relaxed and let go of the gun. So, and it turns out, they did the autopsy. He was high on PCP. Which is, I think, though, what is that? Uh, I don't know the actual chemical name, but it, they call it angel dust. So he, this guy was high on, the autopsy found, he was high on PCP, which will actually drive your body to keep functioning, even though there's nothing left to function, you know. It just it works on nerves, I guess, or stimulates nerve endings or whatever it does. But basically, this guy was still holding the gun, firing. As he went down, after he'd been shot several times, he was still returning fire, which would have killed or stopped almost any normal person who wasn't in some drug-induced killing spree mode.
2: You know, that's what happened in Vietnam.
1: What? PCP?
2: Oh, yeah, the Vietnamese would drug up before they attacked, Ah. and they'd just keep coming.
1: Right, so even though they were shot, it didn't slow him down much. Right. Yeah, well that's okay, so this is the same sort of thing. He took off in his vehicle, led him on a high speed, 85 mile an hour chase, and started firing shots at the officers while he was fleeing. Finally, he hit another car, causing the vehicle to spin out. He got out of his vehicle and started shooting at the officers some more.
2: <laughs> they really, they literally have video of Viet Cong not only being shot but losing i mean they're bleeding out as they're continuing to attack
1: yeah well that's they've,
2: they've lost an arm they've you know they can't walk anymore literally but they keep firing away
1: well that's what happened here he got out of the car and he appeared to be unaffected by the bullet so they assumed he was wearing body armor and it seems like at least one of the officers was trying to shoot at his legs because you know, you take a bone out, then there's no structure there. You're going to fall down at least. You know, it may not stop him from shooting, but at least he'll put him on the ground. And they have uh, video cameras of this. I don't know if they're releasing it yet, but they say he is still moving, had the gun in his hand, and the officers continued to fire until he stopped lifting the gun off the ground when he was on the ground. He kept he kept holding the gun off the ground after he had been put down. So yeah, 69 rounds fired, 45 times hit between all the officers involved in the gunfight. So uh, now that's less than one magazine of bullets per officer involved. So no ma so no magazines were emptied into this guy. Or average, not a whole magazine was emptied in him. But they were still shooting. They weren't missing. And apparently, from the video, you can see he just seems to be ignoring the bullets like he's some sort of Superman. And uh, apparently this alien holster company decided, oh, they were criticizing them for shooting him too many times. It's like, come on, guys. He's firing at police officers. He's not going down. <clears throat> and um, now this is not something you would expect from a company who provides accessories for gun owners. Why would you be against the police in a situation like this? I don't know. <clears throat> Support your officers always. I mean, especially when there's video evidence to back it up. Now, maybe they made this statement before all the inf- information was, but they were in critical of the officers who were defending their own lives during a gunfight and the company's apparent lack of reasonableness to understand this. Now, for me... I think I'm going to find a different holster company to buy holsters from. You'd expect that you expect better behavior from someone who you would who you would want to be on the side of second amendment rights and supporting police officers. You know. Now, bl- apparently blue lives matter. Had a point. They pointed this out to Alien Gear, and they tried to correct them. And what do they do? Alien Gear holsters blocked Blue Lives Matter from being able to act, to react from their post on Facebook. Now, since then, they have posted an apology across all social media platforms. Because <laughs> apparently, I guess they realized they were wrong—very wrong. Very wrong. And they tried to blame, I think, one person who worked in the company for it all. But whatever. The, okay. Apparently, the company took that stance and decided it was too much—too much shooting of one guy, even though he was firing at police officers when he was put down over and over and over again. Uh
2: you know, this is one more case. Hmm. Uh, you can have the video, look back and watch the video, and all that. But unless you're there, you don't know everything that's going on. Well,
1: here apparently the video proved the officers were right. They they were shooting at him, and he was not going down after he was hit several times. And then when he went down, he kept lifting the gun off the ground with his hand. So apparently even though he was shot and on the ground, he wasn't stopping to resist.
2: And that's what the drugs will do.
1: Yeah, they give you superpowers, basically. And unfortunately, you're still dead, but you have superpowers during the <laughs> 15 or 20 or 30 seconds before you die. Or, or who knows, he may have even been dead already, and his body was just reacting. I don't know. Now, uh yeah, but they need to just reconsider. There's, now, they've apologized, they've unblocked the Blue Lives Matter from their web page or whatever, from their Facebook page, so... It seems like it was a bit of a fiasco when they realized they made a mistake. But still, you know what? I'd rather somebody wait on making a negative response than making a negative response and having to repeal it later. It's just, it's crazy. You know, especially when there was video evidence. Maybe they didn't watch it first and they just made a conclusion based on the numbers. Oh, 45 times is too many times to shoot somebody.
2: That's the Biden tactic. You yeah. say it, then you <clears throat> invoke it.
1: Then you retract it later, but it's already out there. That's like that's what I said about the internet, social media. <clears throat> Once it's out there, somebody's going to get a copy of it. Someone's going to screenshot it. It's going to be there forever, and they will retweet or tweet or or post repeatedly if you make a mistake. So be careful when you post things. I mean, don't, and also always try and be on the side of law enforcement if possible. It's. It would have probably been better or easier if they had said, well, we support our police officers. And then if something came out where they did shoot too many times or shot the wrong person, then they could have come back and said, well, we didn't realize the situation here. But when you go against the police officers first and then try and correct it, I know it's the same thing, but it shouldn't be done like that. I'm sorry. All right, we got to take a quick break. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show
3: with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio, live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app.
0: On August 8, 2022, in violation of the Fourth Amendment, the FBI performed a most egregious search of a former president's home. The Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution provides that the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. The Fourth Amendment originally enforced the notion that each man's home is his castle, secure from unreasonable searches and seizures of property by the government. We must take a stand and take back our country.
3: Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on The Doctors' Lounge and hear The Doctors' Conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com.
1: Thank you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. And before we left for the break, we were talking about a holster company that made a bad call by posting a... A somewhat derogatory response to police action on the Internet. And apparently they're going to have to take a while to live this down. And they're trying to blame somebody in their PR department for jumping the gun on this or whatever it was. And, you know, uh, you know, and they've apologized since across all social social media platforms. So hopefully they've learned a lesson. You know, it's always best to back the police officer until they prove otherwise. And I know there's a lot of people who just think, "Oh, police brutality, police brutality," and it does happen. I won't, I won't doubt it. Police officers are human. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to be in bad mood sometimes. You know, they're human. Things are going to happen. They're people. But you know what? Most of them are highly trained to not make the the wrong decision, to make the right decision, to not make mistakes. And granted, they still, it still happens, but it happens much less frequently than you would probably think. These guys, especially now with the critical media bearing down on them, they probably think everything through ten times before making a reaction. But you know, if someone gets out of a car and is shooting a, a weapon at you, a live weapon at you, repeatedly, and then as you shoot him, he's still shooting. He's hit several times. He was hit enough times to where they thought he was wearing body armor. Turns out he was not. But he, that's how little effect these bullets had on hitting his body. That the police officers thought he was wearing body armor and could not be killed like that. So they were trying to shoot other places. But it turns out he was getting hit, the bullets were doing their job, and he was just so high on PCP he couldn't be stopped. That brings me to another subject I'm going to cover real quick today. How much gun is enough? You know, I mean, especially it depends on what you're going to use it for. But we're going to go in terms of self-defense today. What do you need? What should you have? What would it take to properly defend yourself? Now, that's a question that so many people have independent uh, answers to based on their own experience, based on what they've read, based on what they see, based on movies they've watched. You know, it's just always better to have too much than too little. But then again, if you're going to carry something, you got to make sure it's small enough, compact enough to be comfortable and make you want to carry it. To carry a full-size duty gun every day concealed is rather cumbersome. And if you've done it, you know, you know, it's tough when you're sitting down, when you go to a restaurant, when you go to the bathroom, you have to shuffle everything around to make sure your, your weapon stays put or gets put safely aside so you can come back and get it again. And it's just, it adds, it adds more inconvenience to your day almost all the time. So you probably want something that's not a full size, that would not be considered a full size duty pistol. There are several compacts and now the latest trend has been for subcompacts with high capacity magazines. And most of these weapons, almost every one of these things I've handled, they are exceptional. They fit hands. I got pretty big hands. I mean, I can, I can hold the double stack 1911 and have my fingers wrap all the way around. So, <clears throat> wow. Well. Not with one hand, but with both hands, I can cover the entire back grip up of something like that. So I've got pretty big hands, usually extra large gloves. But anyway, get something that these guns fit your hand fairly well. I mean, I've got big hands, and these subcompacts fit my hand well. They're comfortable, and they're easy to shoot, the ones that i fired. It's amazing. They're very capable. But now, if you're going to keep this gun at home and never carry it, that's not as much of a consideration. You want to get something with a little more weight, a little more durability perhaps, because smaller guns don't hold up as well as larger full-size guns to the number of rounds they can fire without needing springs replaced or possibility of things cracking, although most modern guns are manufactured to such good tolerances and are designed so well the chance of you breaking one from firing it too much highly unlikely i've seen it happen a few times i've even seen a glock fail one of the rails if you're familiar with the glocks they have steel rails on the front and back corners and one of the steel rails actually broke and came off of the uh the polymer frame now granted this was a rental gun that had probably been fired hundreds of thousands of times by people who didn't know what they were doing and it was probably racked and re racked and, and but the thing is apparently it was able to be easily fixed. So it was fixable. But it was just that's it's rare to see a modern gun fail from being worn out. It just doesn't happen very often. Now, granted, occasionally you're supposed to replace springs and things like that, replace a recoil spring now and again to keep everything fresh and functioning properly. But a full-size gun is more durable in the long run, can be used more often, better for practice for sure if you're going to practice carrying it. It's easier to practice shooting it. With the compact guns, they work great. They have high capacity. They fit your hands well, but they are smaller, and they do take more of a beating when they're fired. But you got to decide what you're going to do with this one. Is it going to stay at home? Are you going to take it with you everywhere you go? What's the story? Make a decision, decide what you want to do, and purchase your weapon. If you need help, ask somebody. If you know anybody who knows anything about guns, ask them. Most gun guys are more than happy to help you. Now, some of them will just tell you their favorite opinion, and that'll be it. You know, I'm not going to tell you. I have my preferences, but you know what? My preferences may not be yours. I would look for something that's um, not unreasonably priced. Now, keep in mind, this is a weapon that you're going to use to defend your life with. So don't go out and buy the cheapest, most ridiculous piece of junk that you can find. Just like you wouldn't buy the cheapest possible tires you could possibly find to put on the your prized car. You know, this is your family you're talking about. Would you put the cheapest possible tires on your car? <coughs> If this is the car your family is going to ride in, probably not. You're going to want a little bit more security than that. Now, granted, there are standards in most manufacturing that's going to provide you a safe weapon at least. But the biggest thing about weapons that you want to consider is reliability. A better quality name brand weapon will more than likely have better reliability or a better reputation for reliability than the super cheap junk handguns. Although while I say this, most people are going to say, oh yeah, don't get a high point. You know, I took a, I had a high point out with some friends one day and we were firing it over and over and over and we never experienced a malfunction. The thing functioned flawlessly. Now it was heavy as a boat anchor, but it worked and it worked fine and it was cheap. I think retail price, well, the, the brand new price of it was around 130 to 150 bucks and it worked. It worked well in High Point, and that's another kind of... They also make carbines and stuff, which work well. Now, you can also get a SIG, a Glock, you know. Even some of the new Colt weapons are nice. You know, the Smith & Wesson builds a great semi-automatic now, finally. They build great revolvers as well. So does Taurus and Ruger, and there's a million companies out there. Well, maybe not a million, but a thousand companies out there that all manufacture decent quality weapons. Find one that fits your hand. Decide how you're going to use it. Find one that has a capacity you're comfortable with. I personally prefer more capacity because reloading is a skill that takes time to learn. And if you're under duress, it's going to be that much harder to to manipulate the controls, manipulate the slide, and reload that gun fast enough and get it up and running to where you don't put yourself in any danger. A little higher capacity goes a long way when you don't have to reload so consider that too that's just my personal preference I'm going to throw that in there now if a double stack magazine weapon doesn't fit your hand well then don't consider it get something that fits your hand well but I have a feeling if you look at some of these double stack subcompact weapons most of them fit almost everybody's hand fairly well they're a little small in my hands and a little big in somebody with small hands but in general they're pretty easy to work with and they're comfortable, most of them are very comfortable to shoot even though they are small. But a bigger gun, of course, with more weight will absorb more recoil, be more comfortable to shoot repeatedly, especially. Much better to get multiple shots in if it comes to that. Now, I hope nobody listening ever has to defend themselves with a gun. I hope it ne- you never get put in that situation. But if you are, you want to get something that you're as comfortable as possible with with as much capacity as you could possibly need and still be concealable or comfortable to work with and make sure it's going to work the way it should. Like I say, sticking with some of the bigger brand names is generally a good idea because you got to realize this is something that if you need it once and you don't have it or it doesn't work, chances are you may never need it again. It's like a parachute. You know, if it fails the first time you need it, you probably will never be to the situation where you need it again. So remember why you're buying this. You're buying, You're betting your life on this firearm. So spend the time, do the research, and don't skimp too much on the money. I'm not saying the highest-priced gun is always the best one, but stick to the better name brands because those are going to be the ones that have reputations of reliability that you're going to want. All righty, that's all I got for this week. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you've been listening to America's Web Radio.